please be seated. In rather more than 30 years of preaching, I confess I have never taken on this passage from Proverbs, the passage of the capable wife. I'm reminded of the more contemporary but still 18th century proverb, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. But here goes, is there any possible way to wrest uh, value from a passage that largely because it's used by men over the centuries has become something of a Christian feminist bugaboo? Proverbs 31 is notably not a recommended reading in our marriage services. But I'm told that some churches, uh, it's read on Mother's Day, and it's seen as something that extols the virtue of women in their place, and particularly their place in the marital estate. So the passage is problematic in all kinds of ways, but let's take a look at it. First, let's note it's part of what we call wisdom literature. And wisdom literature in the Bible is part of a tradition collecting the sayings of the wise, includes some of the Psalms, includes Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, of course, Job, some other books, parts of books as well. And what they have in common is that their orientation is essentially, whether their orientation is communal and conservative, or whether it's more individualistic and challenging to prevailing norms, they all deal with the world as it is, as they experience it. It's neither as someone thinks it ought to be, nor as someone wishes it was, like a sort of debater's acolytes in the spin room after the debate. It's not that. It's Proverbs deals with the world as it presents itself. And so things like human pain are things that do not separate us from God, but are a source of lament. It tries to deal with reality as it is experienced by the wise. And then there's, there's something else here, recognizes that such responses to reality are at least as much something to address in relation to God as God seeks to order the world toward wisdom. And there's something else here, and that is that Proverbs 31 is an acrostic poem. So each of these phrases begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And when that happens, there's a clue that there's more here than simply a poem of praise than we might notice on first reading. So, with the capable wife, we're clearly dealing with a view of a patriarchal society. The word for wife is basically the word for woman, becomes wife here because of context. But the word for husband used here is lord, bail, actually. But that said, this wife is no shrinking violet. She's not interested only in being derivative. She's not only a person because she's married or because she has children or because she has makeup or because she has clothing or because she's beautiful. This woman is a credit to her Lord and possibly a source of his renown. This woman is a worker and a businesswoman first, strong, thrifty, an investor. And at the same time, she is generous and she is kind and above all, she is wise. Wisdom suggests that even in this patriarchal world in which wealth is controlled by men, it is prudent and right to give this woman a share in the fruit of her hands and to let her works praise her in the public sphere. But also notice what is not said. This woman, this capable wife, does not derive her value from a man. 
If anything, there might be some indication that the reverse is true. Her husband is known in the city gates taking his seat among the elders of the land. Later, we hear a prayer of sorts that the woman's works will praise her in the gates of the city. So her value doesn't derive from the fact that she's married or in the same way does not derive from the fact that she's a mother. This woman is intrinsically valuable, not derivative. I'm also struck by the fact that her beauty or her physical appearance doesn't come up much, and if it does, it's negative. Vanity is a problem. What marks her above all else is wisdom. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And here is the clue to the something more of the poem. In the early chapters of Proverbs, first ten chapters roughly, wisdom is personified as a woman. And woman wisdom over these chapters has just about all of the same positive characteristics as this capable wife. Woman wisdom is a, is a creature, a metaphor if you like. One of the first things created by God is beloved of God. And so, at least in this book, not to be confused with God. Christians have occasionally identified her with the Holy Spirit in an effort to bring the feminine more explicitly into our English Trinitarian formulae. And there are some good reasons for this move, but, but the woman wisdom of Proverbs is not one of them. God relates immediately and directly to this first creation. And she becomes the image and model for how the creator relates to all creatures, to every one of us. And she in turn has a role at the foundation of the created realm on our part, calling all creatures to be wise. And as God delights in her, so she rejoices before God always. So the similarities between woman wisdom and the capable wife are striking, but there is an important difference. As one theologian and teacher of mine has put it, on the one hand, God's relation to woman wisdom served as a metaphor for God's relation to creation in the creating. On the other hand, the capable wife is a metaphor for that to which the creator calls us in creating us. It is the vocation into which we are born. Brothers and sisters, wisdom as the foundation of well-being and order in creation, and so in society, and so in the world, is our calling. We are called to be wise. We are having held up before us uh, a personification of wisdom and a real-life woman as something to be emulated by everyone. Look again at this capable wife. She is trustworthy. Above all, she is trustworthy. She is creative and generative for all in her household, for her circle of influence. She's hardworking. She's shrewd in business. She's kind. She's thoughtful. She bears herself with a kind of dignity that we promise to respect in every human being, in ourselves even, when we renew our own baptismal covenant. She knows that charm and beauty are fleeting and deceitful and vain, but the fear of God is what matters and what endures. In short, she is wise. She is wise. Wisdom is a little bit like understanding, the understanding that the disciples do not have when Jesus talks about 
his own death. In time, wisdom will be opened to them as well. It's a little bit like reason when we talk about scripture and tradition and reason as being norms or sources of our common life. It's not exactly the same, but it is part of our being together. Every one of us is called to be wise in ordering God's creation and our world toward the well-being of every single creature. And so as we continue our response to the gospel, I invite you to give thanks for the wise people in your life and also ask that you may be endowed with godly wisdom as the capable wife in all your dealings in the days to come. In silence and in response to the gospel, let us pray.